the power you have around like a knife Letting it swing from the tips of your fingers And I don't know how to make it stop So I just let it all take over Tell them all that I'm not angry anymore But it crawls through my veins And it sinks in my pores And if I wanted I could let it go But it's the only piece of you left to hold And I'm sick of your invisible abuse Where you bend your voice Screaming away my youth And despite what you say It's unwavering dedication I'm just a station A station that you stop at Music Project on 11.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bianesh. Today I'm here with the lovely Taylor Jansen. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm going to be honest. I'm actually really excited that you are here. Thank um, you. been uh, creeping you on the internet <laughs> and um, my uh, partner is obsessed with your music in, in almost kind of a weird way, but <laughs> he just, he really also enjoys it. So thank you. Um, when he found that I was interviewing you, he was like, oh, he was really excited. So um, for people who are listening, can you give us a little kind of elevator pitch of what your music is? Oh, okay. Um, well, I have uh, one EP out, and <laughs> it's just me and a guitar, just kind of fumbling around, singing mm-hmm. some sad stuff. And then I have a new song out called New Mercies. That's me and a guitar and other people still singing some sad stuff but with a beat behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's pop. Eh, it's more like folky. a folky rock kind of situation. But uh, yeah, like a like a folk rock. That's kind of the vibe I'm going for. We'll okay. see what happens. Yeah, it's always subject to change. Um, yeah. I noticed... Um, your le- your vocals are very similar to um, Paramore. I love Paramore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember a while back on Twitter you had posted that you got her sound. Oh, microphone. I went to see Paramore uh, in June, like in Toronto, mm-hmm. and I was in the front, and she was like using a megaphone, and she threw it at me, and I was like, oh, she like gave it to me and I was like cool I get to keep this and then like four songs later she like asked for it back and I had to throw it on the stage and like I'm so bad at sports <laughs> and I can't believe she made me like shot put this megaphone at her <laughs> but yeah I get that comparison a bit mainly because like when I was 
learning to sing i was like listening to paramore Mm -hmm. uh so like that was more what i was aiming i I wanted to sing rock music when i was younger and she's got such a a good voice such a good role model to yeah yeah so yeah she was the first like vocalist that i really looked up to just like as a vocalist um and as a front woman Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I get that comparison a lot. Yeah. That's definitely a compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm I see it too a lot because everyone else mm-hmm. will talk about it. which. And weren't you in like in a contest for her Paramore or something <laughs> like a long time ago? <laughs> it's gonna haunt you forever. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I think I saw a video too. I was 14. Oh wow! So that's really gonna stick. Yeah, no <laughs> one wants to meet their favorite band when they're 14. Well, I mean, you want to meet them when you're 14, but, but when you're, you're older, so glad you didn't. No, like I did. Oh, you still did. But when <laughs> I like was in this singing contest because they do a cruise like every two years and I went on it and I was in this singing contest and I won and I got to meet them and sing in front of them. Really? Um, but I was 14 and when you're older, no one wants to like look back at when they were 14 and they met their favorite band. I would not, I don't want my 14-year-old self to meet my favorite band, you know? How old would you prefer to be? Now. Now. <laughs> because you're a musician or just because you're more self-aware or? I don't know, because I'm not 14. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I, f- I, f- I think back, I'm glad I didn't meet anyone I looked up to as that, because I think I would have just kind of like freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not have appreciated the moment as, as much as you could have. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's video evidence. <laughs> we don't need to look it up, though. No, we no, no, no we that. won't. And I won't like, include a link to that or anything. <laughs> Great. Uh, I, think it's pr- I think it's pretty well buried. Might be. I can't. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, don't, don't look it up if you're listening. Um, <laughs> so what is your background with music? How did you start learning to make or sing and mm-hmm. make music and eventually perform it? Oh, it's been, like, basically a lifelong thing. Um, (laughs) I can't, like, think of a moment where I was, like, I love music. I just, like, kind of have always gravitated towards it. And I I grew up, like, singing in church a lot. Um, I, when I started writing songs, I was quite young and they were really bad. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess as I got older they got better you know when I started like wanting to write songs it was because Taylor Swift wrote her own songs and Mm -hmm. I loved her and now they're my my songs they're not Taylor Swift songs (laughs) but um uh yeah that's pretty much like I can't think of a one defining moment that's a very long way of saying that that's okay (laughs) I make I mean if it's it's been natural for you yeah I can think of like influences that like steered me because music is so huge and vast that like it's hard to know which direction to go in as you kind of grow up in it um so I can think of like influences that like helped determine the path that I ended up taking and will end up taking um as a musician but I yeah there it wasn't like a you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying yeah yeah um so other than this 14 year old performance Mm -hmm. um when did you start actively deciding to be a music a performing musician like on stages yeah well it kind of again was more of a progression um like I sang at church a lot I did a lot of recitals and talent shows um lots of talent shows well talent shows like at school like, okay. it's not like a talent <laughs> like show America's thing. next yeah like whatever. not not like that but um I don't know uh I when I was in my last year of high school, um, I had an EP that I had kind of just recorded by myself in my basement with my acoustic guitar and a mic. I put the mi- I didn't have a mic stand. I put it between my knees mm-hmm. and I like strummed into it. I like squatted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I squatted and played this acoustic guitar into the mic, and uh, and so I recorded the EP and put it on Bandcamp just like because I was like, yeah, whatever. We'll just throw it up I don't care um and then I started doing like small gigs like I did young performers program at folk fest that was like one of my first ones um which ended up being super important because I met so many people Mm -hmm. um that were also musicians and I'd never really done that outside of like my school random people that liked music but I'd never met people that like played music the way that I wanted to play music and that was really cool 
Um, and then I kind of just started doing gigs around the city. Um, Manitoba music is very helpful for that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an easy transition yeah. um, because of that. But yeah, that's kind of how that. Mm-hmm. Very gradual again. Cool. And it, it, it's you wanted to always make it like a possible career or is it? Okay? Yeah. Um, I haven't really been able to picture myself doing anything else. The other day I was thinking about like how I probably need a side hustle or something for money. <laughs> and I'm and I was lying there and all of a sudden I'm like, I could be a carpenter. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I was like Do you have experience? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no experience. And for a good twenty minutes I was looking up like carpentry classes and then I was like, I don't want to be a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's an interesting choice. I mean <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Think so work. like music has always been the main career that I'm that I've always kind of sought after. I can't picture myself doing anything else, but I can picture myself doing little hobby side hustles. Mm-hmm. And apparently one of them is carpentry. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Other than that, you know, some people I think like waitressing maybe or like teaching music. Um, oh, yeah. No. Uh, but carpentry is your choice. I worked at a restaurant for a bit. Didn't enjoy it. I I do like money making jobs you know, yeah like retail and mm-hmm. stuff. but like my like career as opposed to job is music and I'm planning on making that a, a thing yeah. yeah well I mean it's going well for you um if you weren't gonna do music I mean you said like it's always been kind of what you wanted yeah. to do but if you for some reason had a, a reason to you could you, no what am I saying if you had the option to do anything in the world other than carpentry like, <laughs> <laughs> like right now like if you couldn't do music what would you do Oh, what would I do? Not to make you panic. And I really want to be a carpenter. Yeah. Just kidding. I I don't want to do that. <laughs> would not be good at it. Um, I feel like I would be a decent therapist. Okay. If I went to school for it. Isn't uh, it like nine years or something? Is it? I don't know. I thought. Oh, I'm so bad at school. So yeah. maybe not. Because I'm like that's kind of the reason. Another reason why I'm doing music is because like I am so bad at school. I would not be able to do something that heavily relied on an education. <laughs> um, yeah, and education is is a hard one because it can, especially there are lots of people who say like it like trumps creativity, mm-hmm. and I can see definitely see that having taken school for music. But mm. also, it it's so it's helpful, but then you're always doubting yourself. And yeah, it's it's a juggle. I'm just so bad at like deadlines and essays. essays. Oh, I'm so bad at all that. Yeah. so I'm not great at school. I think maybe I'd try to be a producer. Okay. Maybe I'd try to learn that. Although I'm very bored by like technology, so maybe mm-hmm. I'd learn to be unbored by that. Yeah. <laughs> or I would try to be a therapist. Or way backup plan like Plan F, <laughs> not Plan B or C. It's Plan F. Carpentry. Carpentry. Always have it in the back. Of Always your mind. have it. There. Yeah. Just like take those. There are some, like, community classes you can take. Yeah. Just, like, take one maybe once a year just yeah. so you're ready just in case. I get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Building tables. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, and I don't remember where I was going to go with that, but interesting. Um, so when you are – luckily, you're choosing music, which is great. And mm-hmm. I'm very happy with that. And I'm <laughs> sure there are many people who are really happy with that. But when you were when you are writing your music, it, it tends to come from a very vulnerable – Mm-hmm. place and why how did you get to that point where you were comfortable writing this vulnerable side of you and sharing it with others yeah um I've always kind of been comfortable writing it not always very comfortable sharing it but at the same time um it's like half scary half not um because like I'm very I'm not very easily embarrassed, which is uh, not usually a good thing. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess once I released like the first few songs, I was like, okay. But now as I write more songs and as I release more stuff, it's like every everything that I put out, obviously I'm not putting out a whole lot, but like on the next project that I have and this last project, I keep putting out songs that scare me more um and it's almost like a challenge to myself of like I'll record a song or not record a song I'll write a song and I'll think to myself I'm never releasing this this is too much and then 
I'm like, but then when I end up trying to put a few songs together to release, I'm like, I can't leave it out. Like, it's like I have to release it. It's almost like a curse. Like, when I write it, it's like, ah, damn it, I have to release this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like, I don't know, it's just like a little push in my gut. Um, and it feels I, right. That Yeah, that kind of outweighs the whole I'm very scared of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of just get over it sometimes. Yeah. Are there are there certain topics that you just don't go near or don't want to it's it's all open? Nope. <laughs> I wish there were. <laughs> but nope. <laughs> um did you when you started becoming a musician, did you think you, that you would be this kind of almost spokesperson for these like dark times that you're that you've been singing and sharing? No. I kind of was just like Man, these are just songs about these things. But also, like, I don't exactly want to be, I don't know, I feel like I don't know anything more than anyone else. It's kind of just, like, me sharing my experiences. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I don't know, I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's it's kind of weird, but it's nice if it helps people or anything. Mm-hmm. Um it's just kind of weird, you know, to be in, put in, in that position. Way, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And it's nice because when you're singing about it, it's not, it's never preachy. It's mm-hmm. like this is how you, I feel, but this is how you can make yourself feel better. It's like this is a, a real emotion that I'm feeling, and you're, you're you might be feeling too. And let's connect on that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's great. Yeah, and what I tend or what I almost always do with like writing songs is that like. All my songs, even if they're, like, super dark in their, like, feel or vibe or whatever, um, they always have some sort of hopeful tinge to it, even if it's, like, really slight. Um, sometimes you don't even notice it, but it's still there, and I think that that's important because that's usually how hope is. It's, like, you don't even notice it, but sometimes it's just there anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's another part of it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't ever want to write a song that has no hope in it at all, um, because that's a bit scary. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, a little like too dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'm just thinking, one of the very first songs that I came across of yours was "The Waiting Room," mm-hmm. and um, it really spoke to me on a on a personal level. Um, where's the kind of positive with well the positive that's the thing it's like the positive in there is that it's like as much as it's very really painful for for you to seek help at least you're seeking help and you're not just Mm -hmm. like you're still "Ah, trying screw it nothing's gonna help like I still went even though I hated it yeah (laughs) I like I still tried um and I think that even if there's like that very slight glimmer of hope um then that's a, I mean I'm not saying it's like a happy song or anything <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that some sort of underlying small piece of hope is important yeah um yeah mm-hmm. in the case of that song it's like I'm still searching for answers and I'm still searching to outside of myself to try and be better um even if it is the worst <laughs> so yeah, that I mean, oops, I want to just go more on that. It just I remember cuz I heard Stations and like, okay, yeah, that's a good song and but then I just I was really surprised with The Waiting Room. Um just like how like I I you know, songs sometimes like resonate with you mm-hmm. and everything, but it just was really cool that you were like a local musician that was also sometimes sad and <laughs> and was willing to share about it. Mm-hmm. Um and um I really appreciated that. Thank you. So, um yeah, I don't want to get too much into this. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, but I did really, that was probably my highlight. Um, also, New Mercies is really great. Thank you. Um, I, well, why was this decide, um, why was there this shift to go from you as a solo performer to this kind of fuller sound? Yeah, um, that's kind of always been my thing that I wanted um, since I, you know, knew that I wanted to play music, which is forever. Um <laughs> I've always wanted a fuller sound. Um, I just didn't really have the resources to get that. So the first EP is um, just me and a guitar because mainly that was my resource. Um, I was recording in my friend's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it would be really hard to get a band in there and have it sound the way I wanted it to. Um, so I, like the second I wrote New Mercies, I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> this is going to be full band and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love, I think Full Mercies, Full Mercies, New Mercies, I think New Mercies is probably the song that I have that I'm most proud of and excited about. Um, even with the upcoming stuff that I'm working on, like that one is still one of my favorite ones because I'm really glad that I was able to get the resources to record full band and uh, kind of capture the chaos of it a mm-hmm. bit better. Um, and also it's closer to music that I actually listen to as much as I love folk music. Um, I do more tend to lean towards full band kind of stuff as a listener. Um, so it's always been something that I've wanted to do and I'm mm. really excited about it. Yeah, so, no yeah. kidding. It's becoming a reality. Yeah. So when you, the songs that you were writing on interpersonal, um, in your, when you're writing in your head where you're like, oh yeah, and then the drums would be here or? Um, I think I specifically chose songs for interpersonal that would, that I was comfortable with being solo. Like Stations, I knew that I needed it to be the way that it was. Um, like Better Now actually was originally just an acoustic song. And then Shane, the guy that I was recording with, um, he added some stuff and I was like so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Waiting Room is pretty much the only one that I've ever even thought of adding a full band to, which remix maybe one day in the maybe future one day. we don't know uh, um, stay tuned <laughs> but uh yeah other than that like all the songs on there are pretty uh how i imagine them to be but i do have other songs that i've always imagined full band and i decided to hold off on recording them until i could do that oh that's awesome yeah i'm looking exciting. forward to that um so your song um dennis quaid <laughs> um uh the song itself not related to dennis quaid at all um how that came about was I wrote that song, one of the weirdest songs, like the weirdest, every songwriting process is different for me. And that one is one of the weirdest ways that I've written a song because I was in my basement. No, I'm going to go back. You can edit this out. Yeah. I'm just stammering. Um, it was when, I think it was like my last month of grade 12. And uh, I was like starting to play music i just released this no i hadn't even released a cp yet um i was about to release the first one on Bandcamp, um and i was so nervous and i had just been confirmed for uh winnipeg folk fest like the young performers program and i was starting to kind of book a couple of really small gigs and I was so nervous about it. And I was like, I'm not even a good musician. <laughs> I literally can't even play guitar without a capo. Like, I suck. And uh, and so I was just, like, nervous all the time. And I was super anxious, like, all the time. So I went home. And I went in my basement. And I just started playing chords and yelling about it. And it came out as the melody in the chorus of me just yelling. Mm-hmm. Um and so then I just wrote it and I was like, okay, cool. This song is dumb. I'm not going to, it was just me like yelling. Like it's not a song that I'm planning on sharing. Um, I was at an open mic of like a month later. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, what the hell? Let's just play it. And people ended up really responding to it. So I was like, okay. So I started playing at shows and now it's like, people really respond to that one. <laughs> I guess. Cause it's more like of the catchy, it's more catchy than my other songs. Um, but it's so weird that it's, like, the song that I did not care about at all. I was like, mm. I don't think that anyone's going to like this song. I think it's garbage. Um, and then now it's, like, people are always talking to me. They're like, why isn't Dennis Quaid released yet? Or when are we going to get Dennis Quaid? <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> um, but I didn't have a name for it for, like, a solid five months. It was called New Song. Mm-hmm. And at my shows i'd be like hey if anyone wants to like give me suggestions on what to name the song you should give them to me Mm -hmm. and people would just give me dumb suggestions that i didn't like (laughs) and i was like these are stupid yeah (laughs) um and so like one of them was like oh you should name it under my skin i'm like i'm not avril lavigne circa 2009 i'm not naming anything (laughs) under my skin so um then i was like you know what i love dennis quaid 
This song is about anxiety. Mm-hmm. I watch Dennis Quaid movies when I am anxious. Let's just name it after Dennis. I love him. Mm-hmm. And also it gives me a nice little bridge to talk about Dennis whenever I want. Nice. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Raising awareness for Dennis. Yeah. That, he totally needs it. Yeah, right. exactly. He's the up and coming celebrity. Of course. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break right now. We're going to actually listen to the song Better Now, which is from the um, EP. Yeah. Um, so everyone's listening, you're gonna listen to that. Um, when we come back, I would like to talk some more about your songwriting structure and kind of Ooh. and what kind of gets you going with that, mm-hmm. as well as any future projects. So everyone, stay tuned. This is the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bienyash. I'm here with Taylor Jansen. We're talking about um, music, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and we'll be right back. Mother, I swear I'm better now Last year's sickness is finally dying down I've been getting out of bed and taking my meds I even go outside If that's not enough to make me alright Then why even try? Pastor, I can assure you I am fixed And crying in public doesn't mean that I'm sick I haven't been eating or sleeping, but that's irrelevant Cause I can cover the thorn in my side and wearing my Sunday best Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bienyash. I'm still here with Taylor Jansen. You listened just now to her song Better Now from her EP Interpersonal, which she released earlier this year. Um, this was, um, you've released, I guess, two EPs, I guess? This is, but this, yeah, this is the first one that was like properly released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, no big deal. Now you're going to places like South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, did you expect this big of a kind of 
blow up from this one EP? Um, not really. I mean, the good part of it is that, like, for this EP, I have, like, a, a professional team now that kind of helps me do things that I would not be able to do. Um, half because, you know, I'm, like, in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. kind of just farting around and doing whatever. And then also half because I'm so bad at everything that is not playing music. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad at emails. <laughs> so bad at everything. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought you were great when we were communicating. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the main reason. But like I didn't. So I kind of I knew that it was going to be different. Um, but I didn't know like I would be able to do so many cool things. So that's awesome i love it it's very exciting like shaky knees i'm playing shaky knees in atlanta um and the lineup for that is insane i'm super excited to play that um that's probably the thing that i'm most excited about in this coming year are you nervous or or what's the adrenaline preparing for Uh, that like yeah i'm so nervous mainly because i'm gonna start playing with a band soon um and i've never done that and i have to like learn how to run a band which mm-hmm. i don't entirely know how to do and that's interesting that you said because while we were on our break we were talking about mm-hmm. the use of a click track and yeah being able Lord. to stay on time so yeah <laughs> so what are you gonna do about that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't record to a click track I've, i i think i only have like one song recorded to a click track so we're, we're figuring that out it'll mm-hmm. it'll work out i i hate click tracks but i will Find a way to make it, my friend. Yeah. You might have to, like, hire, like, jazz musicians or something that people are just used to, like, the yeah. tempo changing or something. And uh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just hit, like, um, a uh, conductor or something to stand in front of you guys. Oh, my God. I could do that. <laughs> I think that would be fun. Definitely do that. I mean, we can ask Dennis Quaid. Maybe. I was just thinking <laughs> that. You read my mind. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Thing. If, Den- if I had Dennis constantly reminding me to stay on time... I would always stay on time. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll listen I mean, to him. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so you might just have to practice with the uh, click track. Um, but I mean, I totally get it. I hate metronomes or click tracks. I think I understand the importance, but also I just like to make music. Yeah. And why can't people just like work around me? <laughs> so <laughs> Why can't people just read my mind? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> that would just make my life so much easier. Yeah. So, um, I was really hoping during t- today's interview that we could talk about your songwriting process. I know earlier mm-hmm. you said that it's, it's different for every song, but yeah. how does it, how do you usually find your inspiration? Oh, man. It's funny that you're asking me, like, right now, because winter, ironically, sucks the creativity out of me. I don't write in the winter time for some oh. reason, which sucks here. <laughs> yeah. Because I live in Winnipeg. It's like eight months of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh, last year in the winter, the only song I wrote was Better Now, which gives you an insight on the state of mind that I'm usually in in the winter. <laughs> but um, uh, I, it's like so different. And usually what happens is like I'll get an idea and I have to decide whether or not to pursue that idea or not. Sometimes I just let it go away and float away. And then other times I just, like, actually grab onto it and see what happens. Sometimes it turns into just, like, a garbage can. But Mm -hmm. other times um, it is something that I didn't expect. And it's usually at, like, really inconvenient times. Like, I was halfway through writing Dennis Quaid when I was messing around on the guitar and I came up with the line for stations. And I was like, oh, do I want to pursue this? Yes or no? It was like... It was like a choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. thing. But if I had decided to put the other... Because I was like, I'm writing this other song. I don't have time to pursue a different one. But, I, but if I hadn't put that on hold and gone for it, then like I wouldn't have Stations. And that's one of my favorite songs that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends. It kind of just like depends on whether or not I am prepared to actually grab onto an idea or if I'm just going to let it go away. Yeah. Um, and... Also, weirdly enough, I write my strongest lyrics when I've just finished a therapist appointment. Ah. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) But usually it's because I'm already in that mindset of articulating my thoughts into words. And I think that that is the main purpose of music for me, is being able to articulate something 
that is very intense for me. Um, so once I'm already in that mindset, usually I can kind of take that and put it into something more creative than just me talking to my therapist. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So everyone who's listening, if you have trouble writing lyrics, <laughs> go to therapy and after every session, yeah, write your songs. Because I mean, you're usually talking about something like super emotionally intense for you mm-hmm. and usually the songs that I like the most and the songs that resonate with me are like from other artists or my myself um, are songs that are an honest but also kind of more unique way like poetic way of describing very intense emotional things mm-hmm. so yeah I therapy sessions are usually good for my songwriting process <laughs> as because what, what something that I struggle with is when I want to write something that's like very personal, I find myself getting um, confused or like I, too many ideas come all together, and like mm-hmm. I, I want to think about every little thing. How do you how do you streamline that? Um, I usually write it all out, and then I will organize it into what makes sense to go together, um, into what is in the same kind of category that can go in the same song. Okay. Or sometimes, um, and you're just writing thoughts. You're not thinking like this is a lyric, or, or are you yeah. thinking? Just well, sometimes, sometimes if I have a thought, I'm like, how can I say this lyrically? Like, because I'm, I'm not just gonna be like, I'm sad, right, <laughs> in a song. But I can say, I. It's also like a very, when I write songs, it feels like I'm doing like a whole um, mindfulness practice, um, because I'm forced to actually examine the things that I feel and examine my internal issues um and so in doing that I have to figure out why I'm feeling this way and what's causing it and how to fix it um which is difficult for anyone I think everyone has different ways of doing that for me it's songwriting um but a lot of times uh songs come out where I don't even remember writing it after every song feels like a very different experience and a lot of times it's like a weird streamline consciousness subconsciousness thing um so like let me see sometimes i'll get weird lines and i'll see if i can so the waiting room um weirdly enough the first line well i had written that song in different concepts uh a few times so i'd written a very sad slow version about waiting rooms and how ridiculous they were and how much I hated them I'd written a very up-tempo like angry waiting room song and then an up-tempo one kind of up-tempo like very more rock angry kind of situation and then uh eventually it kind of melded together into a song that had anger and sadness um but I had to decide to kill off those other songs, and I had to decide which was more important to me. Oh, my God. Which is, yeah, it's ridiculous. How do you murder your own music? I it's don't. like Frankenstein. <laughs> you have to Frankenstein your own songs, and you have to, like, an, it's like an organ harvest. It sucks. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but then sometimes it's like I'm just messing around on the guitar, and I play chords that somehow have resonated with me, like new mercies um i was literally just messing around on like capo seven <laughs> and i was like whatever and then what does it, that mean capo se- like is that the key like the the capo was on the seventh fret okay and i i suck at guitar <laughs> i need the capo. i have no idea um and like that song was so weird because it was like a weird essay that I was just writing as I was playing the music and I just was singing over it and it just came out. I don't even think I edited anything before the bridge in that song because it just like came out. Wow. Sometimes it just like does that. I have a few songs on the upcoming um, project that I'm doing that, yeah, like it was like this weird um, thing that I just like spit out. And with New Mercies, I had written the second verse in one shot just singing over in a voice memo seeing what would I was just singing whatever came out mm-hmm. and I was like oh I'll probably have to edit this after oh yeah I definitely have to edit this after and then I like listened to it and I was like no I don't really have to edit this wow <laughs> I got 
it's fun. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so it's weird. It's like every song is different. Sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes it doesn't. New Mercy's like Bridge and On was the worst <laughs> to write. <laughs> it was such a headache for me. Um, trying to figure out where I was going with it. Trying to make it interesting. Um, originally, it was too hard for me, too easy for me to sing. I was like, this is boring. The song is boring. Mm-hmm. Pre-bridge. And then I did the bridge and I was like damn it now this is too hard for me to sing and i'm gonna oh, have no. to sing it every day yeah so did you end up changing that no nope, it's bridge? still no. ridiculous the, the the high part that's mm. it's a bit of a bitch to sing yeah am i allowed to say that uh, well i mean you already did so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean don't worry about it um that's i so then how long does it take you to write um a song from start to finish on average uh Sometimes I'll write, like, the main, like, New Mercies, I wrote, like, the main part of it in, like, 20 minutes. But then I kind of ditched it for, like, a month, and then I revisited it and did the rest of it. Um, uh, Sometimes it'll just be, like, yeah, sometimes it'll be, like, half an hour. Sometimes it'll be hours. Uh, It really depends because it is such, like, a weird spiritual experience for me. Um, I don't even notice time. It just happens. I forget to eat, and then I realize I'm starving. It's weird. I zone out. You're just like so, so focused. Yeah. Wow. Unless the song sucks, then I'm like, screw I could this. Use this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good to know. Um, that it's just easy for you. It's not easy because <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still like deconstructing some very dark facets of fair enough the way that I am, but. Uh, and sometimes it gives me a real headache. I'm like, I hate this song. I hate, like, getting Dennis Quaid right um, was a headache. Mm-hmm. I was like, good Lord. I tried to record it a few times, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> now I've finally gotten a version that I like, but it took a very long time. Yeah. The headache of a song. But, but was yeah. that time, it was needed, though, because now you're actually, you respect this version that you have. Yeah. So I guess maybe it was worth it. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So earlier you had mentioned how you, you like to when you're when you're writing and all your 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 thoughts and dreams mm-hmm. or whatever, um, you're writing it lyrically. What and when you said instead of saying I'm sad, um, what do you what do you really mean when you're saying writing lyrically? Like instead of being like I am sad, I'll be like I feel really insert word here mad libs emotional mad libs Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel really lonely because this and this and this and there's so many changes in my life that I'm getting freaked out and like all that kind of stuff instead of just like I feel sad because that doesn't help me at all if Mm -hmm. I'm just like I'm gonna sit in my sadness and I'm not gonna look at anything else or I'm not gonna look past it or within it Mm -hmm. I think that emotions are really powerful and I think that they're really useful if you like sit down with them and listen to them mm-hmm. um so just kind of naming just being like oh this is sad well it's not maybe i'm not necessarily sad maybe i'm more like nostalgic or frightened or whatever yeah um so i find that trying to find a poetic things to say way to say things isn't just for like an artistic si- sake it's more for my own sake of like if I can find a metaphor to make something make more sense to me then I will do that mm-hmm. and then sometimes that makes it into a song mm-hmm. sometimes not so it's more show than tell yeah and when you're when you're doing this kind of experiment when when are you usually happy with it or when you're listening and like that when what ma- what makes the cut okay um when I can sit with a song and be like I'm I've said what I need to say. It's like a small pocket of me being able to properly articulate what I'm trying to put out there. It's mm-hmm. so like Colorblind is a song that's on Interpersonal. Um, and it was a concept that I never had been able to properly articulate, um, which is it's about uh, having like a mental illness or for me it was ADHD while also growing up religious and having this weird um, contrast of, being told that you're like 
thoughtfully made and like there's that god doesn't make mistakes and then also saying that like oh well the way you were made was wrong it's like weird and i feel like certain religious communities can make lots of different people feel that way um and so being able to put that in a song uh was really important to me but i didn't think that it was possible until i started writing it and uh and i when i sat back i think that was probably one of the more proud moments of like my songwriting because i like wrote it and then i sat back and i was like oh this is what i was trying to say but then it was one of those songs that i was like oh crap now i have to release it i don't want to release it what if people get mad at me what if people say i'm being ridiculous what if blah 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 that was a very scary song that was a scary one on the ep for me Mm -hmm. um and uh Yeah, I think it I know that I'm okay to release it if I am proud of the way that I articulated something or if I am very scared of how accurately I articulated it. Wow. <laughs> so like if I'm like, "Oh, this is really honest and I put it in this little pocket that I am calling a song and it is exactly what I mean and it's it is what it is." now I have to release it which sucks for me mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have to so yeah, yeah. okay no that, that that mean that makes sense and it's that I think personally as a musician that's the hardest part is mm-hmm. being vulnerable and, yeah because it's weird because especially with social media you have to care so much about what other people think mm-hmm. and you have to like I have to post this but I want and like in the back of your head like you want that kind of acceptance or yeah. people liking it and then so when you go to release something that's so close to your heart and like what if you don't get that acceptance mm-hmm. and I think especially for myself but I'm sure people who are hopefully are listening um that they are um if they are getting ready to release that first or that a song that may be really personal that mm-hmm. they're comfortable with it yeah and it's I think I think what I'm getting is from you is that just you need to be happy with it, and yeah. it really doesn't matter what other people think. I mean, it does, but it's also mm-hmm. if you're not happy with it at the end of the day, yeah. Why are you making? Yeah, I also find that the songs that I'm the most scared to put out or perform are usually the ones that get the most deep reaction. Like, like people like Dennis Quaid because it's catchy and it's like cool release Dennis Quaid but the ones that get like a a reaction that are that's like wow this really spoke to me and all that are usually songs like colorblind or the waiting room or yeah I don't have that many songs out (laughs) I'm just like thinking of different ones that people react to and it's usually the ones that are were more scary for me Mm -hmm. to release new mercies was even scary for me lyrically um because I talk a lot about like I throw in a lot of, like, religious things in a lot of my lyrics, and they're not always positive. Um, and that was something that I grew up in, and that's a whole other thing that's, like, very scary for me as an artist. But, yeah, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your pe- your parents or your family's reaction when you released that song? Were they upset? or No, my family loves it. I think um, my family's just glad that I'm doing what... I'm what I would need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Was, it, was it ever that fear kind of because of your family or was the unit that they would be behind you no matter what? And it was more the, the community that just the community. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that like what I'm scared of happening when I release these songs never happens. <laughs> like <laughs> so the community the loves it. <laughs> like everyone like is super supportive and lovely. I'm just ridiculous. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that sometimes people that I don't expect to react to it or expect to relate to it usually do. Because mm-hmm. I usually will write songs about, like, doubting faith or being frustrated by it or being angered by it um, or being cynical about it. And a lot of people, even though I don't think that they have, they usually have felt that way. And it's interesting. That's cool. So you get to see this kind of other side of something that you were always seeing as one way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what are your future projects? Or I mean, you can't share mm-hmm. 
secrets. Yeah. Um, but, um, what are you kind of working on right now that you can share? Yeah. Or planning um, for? Well, I, um, what did I do? I went to Omaha, Nebraska, and I got to work with Mike Mogus, who is the, he, he's a member of Bright Eyes, which is a band that I've been a fan of since I was in high school. Wow. Um, they're classic. Like, they're insane. Like, they're all crazy, insane musicians. Um, and so I got to go there um, and record this EP, and I was kind of, like, pinching myself the whole time. I was like, can't believe this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I got to record some songs, one of them being New Mercies. Um, and, yeah, it's... Uh, very exciting it's like probably my favorite songs that i have recorded um a lot of them like there are a few that are a bit more scary than others uh again i feel like it's important for me to keep releasing songs that are that terrify me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i am definitely doing that that's good (laughs) which uh is a i guess it's it's good in the long run and it's good when it comes out not so good in the months before that. Yeah, and like the planning and the preparing. And <laughs> yeah, the- and like before it comes out, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's like this is a very vulnerable song. I don't know what people are going to do with it. Hopefully it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. And it's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, it's something you- to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Awesome. Very excited about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, Omaha's cool. I didn't really leave the studio a whole lot do anything but working with mike was so awesome yeah yeah i bet he made me a pie yeah what kind um well it was during canadian thanksgiving and i was missing it and so his daughters made me a pie it was super nice what kind of pie (laughs) it was a pumpkin pie for thanksgiving and uh i also tried chipotle for the first time um while recording there wow and i got the worst you can put this on i don't even care i got the worst shits of my life (laughs) And I've heard that from about Chipotle. Like I've heard it. Like I learned about it. Like on like RuPaul's Drag Race and how it's like a big deal. And then yeah, I loved it. I went back. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I literally went on think on like the second day. I loved it. And then I'm in this nice studio. Like everything in there could probably pay for my house. And I could not stop pooping. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I'm going to die. Yeah. And so, like... It's like, great cake. I'm just going to run to the washer and be right back. It was before the cake. I was like... Like, I... This Chipotle was, like, both the love of my life and also the worst thing that had ever happened Aww. to me in the best way possible. And, <laughs> and like, I told everyone there, I'm like, I'm, ha- I'm sick, guys. <laughs> and Mike made me a smoothie to Aww. help with my poops wow. oh that's so nice so <laughs> maybe a considerate yeah so <laughs> really are we good. gonna get a song about your your love relationship with chipotle in the near future oh maybe maybe probably not maybe wasn't that memorable i mean that. it was pretty memorable <laughs> my i was like i have like a i have a finsta <laughs> and i was like going on it and just like i was in this house by myself so i had none of my friends to talk to so i was talking to this finsta about like I don't know what that is. My poops, like a private Instagram oh. uh, that only a few people follow. And I was just talking to it. And my friends were responding. They're like, stop talking about this, please. I don't. Please oh, no. shut up. I don't need to know about your poops. <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> I need to share this with someone. I was like, you truly don't understand the turmoil that I am going through. <laughs> so. Wonderful. I'm glad we ended or. It putting, wouldn't be an interview with me if I didn't talk about poop yeah. at least once. I was gonna bring it up. To be honest. I've seen that you post on Twitter and like some interviews you've had. You talked about your poops, so and I was like, should I bring this up? But I'm glad that you did, because um, it makes me look a little less weird. Yeah, I was gonna bring it up, so I'm glad. Um, but we do have to bring the interview to close, unfortunately. I mean, like, it's not because of the story. It's because we're actually out That's of time. A, it's a good ending. Honestly, <laughs> I think so too. Um, so where can people find your music and follow you on social media to support you? I'm Taylor Jansen everywhere, except on social media, it has an extra N on it on the end because the normal one was taken. Um, and Spotify and Apple Music and any streaming place you desire. So just quick Google, easy to find. Yeah, easy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Thank you. Like I'm, I love your music, and I'm so happy to have you on the show to talk to you and oh. pick your brain about songwriting. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Yeah, at really any time. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to come <laughs> back on, we can do this again. Um, so we're going to end with New Mercies. We've been kind of plugging that throughout the interview. Yeah. Um, so this is the full band sound, what you are, what you've always kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. It's coming to fr- fruition. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I don't mm. know how to pronounce words. I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't going to use that word. I'm like, okay, well, if I say it, I have to say And whatever. If yeah. it's not right. It is what it is. It's on the internet forever. So, yeah. um, again, thank you so much. Uh, come back soon. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Make it weird. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, who tuned in today uh, and are listening on the podcast. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you want to hear more by local artists, you can go to www.winnipegmusicproject.com. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all of our fun um, things that happen. I swear that it's fun. Um, I, I don't know why I'm going to start rambling, but also, uh, Winnipeg Music Project is hosting a grant writing hangout on January 20th. Uh, you can come to Fourth Cafe, uh, and we're going to be just hanging out and writing grants together. And I might bring donuts if people want to come. So, um, bronuts are probably my favorite thing. So, if you want to come, let me know. And, uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, so now everyone, you're listening to Taylor Jansen's New Mercies. I nurse my bleeding unbelief.